Let's go to the United States. Danielle Kurtzelbin is a political correspondent assigned to NPR's Washington desk. Hi, Danielle. Hey there. Okay, what is happening in your House of Representatives? We've got a serious uh, uh, unfolding, um, frightening event in the Middle East at the moment, and you're without a speaker. What's going on there uh, trying to resolve this situation? Yeah, in a word, it's pandemonium. Uh, this is really uh, kind of unprecedented in our House of Representatives. So the short version is, I mean, I, I was on your air two weeks ago saying that a shutdown was all but certain, but I never make predictions in American politics these days because shocking everyone, we did not have a shutdown. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, who had been the speaker, uh <laughs> I'm sorry, this is so hard to explain. Kevin McCarthy, who had been the speaker, uh, held a vote and worked with Democrats to help pass a stopgap spending bill to keep us from shutting down. But then what happened is fringe House Republicans said, fine, you're going to work with Democrats. We're going to remove you, Kevin McCarthy. And he was voted out. So now the question is, who who will be next? And it is entirely unclear who that will be. We do have a couple of people who are high profile and being considered. We have Jim Jordan of Ohio. He is the head of the Judiciary Committee. And Steve Scalise of Louisiana, who is the majority leader. So both uh, quite well-known Republicans as far as the thing, these things go. And they're both very conservative. But it's fair to say that Jim Jordan is more of a firebrand. He's more Trumpist. Uh, more willing to kind of go off the cuff and uh, really kind of speak his mind and do as he pleases, whereas Steve Scalise is a bit more of an establishment creature uh, and is pretty uh, has quite a bit of power in the party. So what's the process? Do we need to go through another one of these interminable voting sessions? Well, they're not always. They're normally quick. But there was a record-rating <laughs> right, yeah. 13 rounds to get Kevin McCarthy elected. Does the whole House have to vote on nominees again? So the that's a good question. I mean, yes, they do have to vote again on who's going to win this. However, Republicans tomorrow, Tuesday here, are planning on having a meeting where they are going to discuss who they want to put forward and what this vote looks like. I would bet good money that they are going to try to make this as smooth as possible so that they don't look entirely dysfunctional having one of those interminable votes. I would bet they're going to try their very hardest to get as many people on the same page as possible. And then Wednesday is when the vote is currently supposed to happen. But we, we currently are only funded, our government is only funded for 45 days right now. And the House can't do anything legislatively until there is a speaker. So the, the, they really have to get in gear if they want to get anything done. The difference is this time there, there won't be um, – I'm just trying to work out, like, what will the Democrats do? And, and what was the holdup last time? The holdup was those 10 holdouts in the Republican Party. Will this be entirely right. in the Republicans' hands, or do the Democrats also vote um, – What's the actual process? So there's been a lot of talk about whether Democrats will try to uh, will assist Republicans, so to speak, in helping them vote in someone who the Democrats can at least find a little easier to stomach. But uh, if you're Democrats, you look at the Republicans in the House right now and think these guys just uh put forth an impeachment inquiry into the Democratic president. Democrats, 
therefore are likely not feeling all too uh, kind towards Republicans. So a lot of strategy yeah. on both sides. Let's look, oh, at, very uh, much. Look, at, look at why this matters for a number of reasons. One, trying to avoid a government shutdown. Two, uh, how does this impede any US response to what is happening in uh, the Middle East? Just explain the presidential powers and then anything else that's required uh, from um, the, the House itself, House and Senate, and indeed including any future decisions about support for Ukraine. Right, yes. So first of all, I mean, as far as Ukraine goes, Ukraine funding, uh, funding for the US to give aid to Ukraine was a real sticking point in this whole uh, mess between Kevin McCarthy and his party because there is a faction of Republicans, again, that sort of fringe faction, uh, that does not like the idea of sending aid to Ukraine for whatever reason. Um, you can call it is- isolationism. You could there's there's all num- there there are a few reasons, but those Republicans. Um, very much did not want that. And I wonder how much that's going to factor into uh, how they work out who's going to be up, right. uh, up for speaker. And, and then this yeah. immediate situation in the Middle East at the moment. Right. We know the presidents of uh, President Biden has spoken to Benjamin Netanyahu, and we've seen this moving of warships to the eastern Mediterranean. What is the purpose of that? Yes, I mean, really, the, largely it's for deterrence. It's to say, hey, look, we are a military behemoth. We're here. We are we're keeping an eye on things, uh, but um, certainly it's uh, military force uh, in this uh, conflict has not been authorized yet, and that is generally Congress. That is Congress's purview is authorizing military force, which you know can't happen uh, as the House is not in session, and also often presidents in recent years have tried to find workarounds to authorize some troops at the very least to go when Congress has not had their back. Uh, There is suggestion of the provision of weapons to the Israeli defense forces. Is that uh, in the hands of the president? Yes. uh, The president has said that we will be providing, that America will be providing weapons to the Israel defense forces. And this is very much a, it, it, fair to call this a long-standing U.S. position is just backing Israel. Biden came out very immediately and said, "We stand with the people of Israel, uh, and we are going to aid however we can." And the other concern, very briefly, is that there's been negotiations over a peace deal between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Has the not involving the, involving the Biden administration? Yes, and that started earlier this year, and the Biden administration really had been kind of staying out of things, but it started this diplomatic effort uh, to get a peace deal done between Israel and Saudi Arabia. But uh, and that would have been a huge win, by the way. But with this happening now, with this attack on Israel and new new fighting happening, it's really hard to see that happening because there's just bigger things to pay attention to now. We look forward to your house getting back to functioning. Um, Daniel, yes, we do. <laughs> Daniel Kurtzelbin is a political correspondent assigned to NPR's Washington desk. You're listening to Nine to Noon.